the Indigenous Father Movement Podcast. Yo, what up, everybody? This is the Indigenous Father Movement Podcast. Um, I'm James Chavez. Um, this is the second episode. And um, the first episode, if you haven't heard it, go check that out. But it's basically about, it's just a summary of like what I want to do in this podcast and kind of, an, just kind of mostly me rambling. But um, I thought in the second part, it's not the second episode the recording, I would pretty much give a little short background about myself, um, kind of talk about my, my life, my, my beginnings. And, um, yeah, so let's start, I guess. <laughs> so again, my name is James Chavez and, um, I am a husband. I'm a father, a husband to a beautiful wife, a, hus- a father to four beautiful children. Um, age ranges from 11 Nine, four, and two. Um, one of my sons. I have two sons, two daughters, and one of my sons have uh, have Down syndrome, a mild um, version of Down syndrome or trisomy twenty one, and he's a blessing. Like he's amazing, and my my oldest son is amazing. Like he's so sweet. Um, my two daughters, my oldest daughter. Oh my god. She's so creative and she is so animated and so smart and a little too smart sometimes. <laughs> and she thinks she's like 16 already. And my four-year-old, um, one of the sweetest little girls ever and super funny. She's extremely funny. Um, and then my youngest son, he... He's kind of the glue in this family. Like he just like everybody just kind of like looks at him, and he just takes everybody's attention and takes everybody's breath away. And I mean, all my children like we all just can gather around him and just laugh and stare at him. He's he's a funny dude, and um, and of course my wife like she she's a solid a solid rock for me and um, very blessed to have her in my life. And we, uh, we went through a lot with each other and we've been married for, I think almost 14 years. And um, I'm a blessed guy, man, straight up. Like I'm blessed. I'm beyond um, grateful for what the creator has given me in my life. But yeah, it's a little bit about my family. I don't want to give too much detail, of course, you know. Um, but I also wanted to give a little information about myself. When I listen to podcasts, I think I think it's very interesting when um, I learn a little bit about the person that's talking and hosting the podcast. And I guess I'll just do that. Um, I won't get too much detail and try not to bore you guys too much. But um. I guess I'll start with my, uh, I guess, where I'm from. Currently, I live in northern Colorado, 
Um, I'm not going to give any specifics, but I live in Northern Colorado. Um, what I do for a living is I'm an IT. I do, uh, I'm a network engineer and make computers, allow computers to talk to each other and computers to talk to servers. Very, very weird how I got into that field, but basically (laughs) I had a homie. um, I had a job that I hated so much and it really sucked. And um, I used to complain about it to one of my friends and he said one time, Hey man, like you're always complaining about your job. Why don't you like, have you ever thought about networking? And literally I thought he was talking about um, social networking and I was like social networking. And he's like, nah, like, like it networking, like network communications. And I was just like, dude, I don't know anything about that stuff. And also i I know how to work in computer, but I'm not interested in that really. But he was like, hey, I will teach you from the ground up. And basically he did. And he got me my first job. Then I got certified. And then I'm on my second job doing uh, network communications. And I'm very blessed. And it's a great career. Um, It's not my passion or anything like that. And it's something kind of just, it found me. I didn't really go out looking for it. And uh, I'm very appreciative to have a um, to have a career in it. Um, but yeah, um, a little bit about like where I'm originally from. Like my family is originally from northern New Mexico, southern Colorado. Um, my mom's side, more southern Colorado. I mean, they all were from. They all lived in Taos, New Mexico at one time, and then they kind of um, settled, you know, more up north to. Um, San Luis Valley. Um, it's a, basically a valley that's between the Sangre de Cristo Mountains and the San Juan Mountains. It's beautiful there. It's a lot of history. It, the tribal lands of the Ute, Pueblo, um, the Ne, which is Navajo, and, and the Apache, the Hickory Apache, and, um, and the Comanche went there later on. And it's just a beautiful place. Um, my, it has my heart. It's not the greatest place to grow up because there's not a lot of jobs, and it's kind of one of the poorest counties. It's the Costilla County, and um, and then of course uh, the Taos area. But it's beautiful. Like there's no, it's no, it's no second guessing that. But yeah, both of my family, my dad and my mom, they have roots in in northern New Mexico, and, and my mom's side more than southern Colorado. But um. I guess I'll like kind of give you guys a little bit about my my background of like ethnicity wise and culture. Uh, my mom's family is a mix. Um, they are indigenous and Spanish, like straight up like like conquistadors that came from Spain up from Mexico that came into northern New Mexico and basically mixed with the local natives there. And especially in Taos area. Um, so my mom's family is, is mostly uh, Taos Pueblo and uh, Diné. So um, we're part of this group called the, um, I don't know how to say it exactly, but it's um, it's called the Genisaros or Genisaros. Um, it's basically a term that the Spanish use for 
these mixed indigenous and Spanish breeds, basically a mestizo. And um, we still carry a lot of our traditions of, of our native traditions, but basically we were like slaves. <laughs> we were basically people that um, were taken from other tribes, like all these different tribes, like Pueblo, um, Navajo, Apache, you Comanche. And, and like, we were like, the women and children were taken from these tribes and then they were like pretty much assimilated into Spanish culture and did the lowly duties of, of like, of farm work and, and shoveling poop and doing like, you know, just the cleaning and cooking for these Spanish families. And then eventually over time it became assimilated and married off. And um, so basically I'm a product of that. Um, so like I said, my mom's side is Taos Pueblo and Diné, which is Navajo and um, Spanish. Like some of us look very Spanish looking, um, and some of us look very indigenous looking, which is like a mixed bag. Um, on my father's side, um, their families are from like, my dad's families are from, um, mostly Abiquiu, New Mexico which is another um, area where these Genesados lived. Um, but my dad's family are um, Okeowinge Pueblo and um, uh, Hickory Apache, which um, kind of a, a mix there. And my dad has, of course, Spanish blood and stuff um, too, but mostly they're mostly indigenous people. My, my dad's family are very indigenous looking um, on my, my mom's side, I forgot to mention on my mom's side too, they are on my, on the Spanish side is a mix, they're, um, Jewish, like Sephardic Jew, which is a Spanish Jew. So like basically when the, um, the Spanish Inquisition happened, it was like Span Jews that were living in Spain that converted to being Catholic and that came to the new world and came into Northern New Mexico and still secretly like practice Judaism. They were called crypto Jews, but they were like basically these Spanish Jews. And um, so, yeah, that's my background. That's a cultural background. I'm, I'm proud mix. I'm a mutt. Um, I consider myself uh, a mestizo pretty much. Um, I hate the caste system, but if you had a, you know, that's what I would probably be. But yeah, that's my indigenous and, and Spanish and European Jewish background. Um, I definitely take my Jewish um, roots um, at heart as well because um, they were suppressed, oppressed people. And I find that, um, I find it very interesting. And I find the uh, police system very interesting as well. But yeah, so that's my indigenous background and, and stuff. And um I guess uh, get a little bit more into uh, my life. Um, so I grew up in a family where my dad was kind of in my life at times. Um, he left my mom when he was like 30 years old. I was a little bit younger. I was probably like seven, eight. And it was a crazy time. We were very poor. Um, we didn't have a lot of money. Uh, we lived in Section 8 housing. We um, lived off of food stamps and welfare. And um, 
it was uh, when my dad left. Basically, he left my mom with like she had no job. He was basically the breadwinner in the family, and um, and it was a very difficult time for her, and it was a difficult time for us because we didn't really, as you know, as anybody knows, like if you're one of your parents leaves, it's really hard. Um, I still talk to my father. He's actually a really cool guy. He's actually a sweet dude. And, um, and, uh, you know, we have a relationship. We're still building it. And, um, and I think it's very, it's blossomed, not at the rate I would love it to, but it's, it's blossoming, blossoming to something. And, and, um, he's learned a lot, you know, of course, um, my family on my dad's side, um, they struggle with a lot of alcoholism and a lot of, um, stuff in their family um as many indigenous families do like you know when we're oppressed people and um marginalized we uh alcohol was introduced and we don't know how to handle that and it's not i'm not trying to say it's a stereotype for us at all because it's not but you know with my family on my dad's side specifically like we did um we do struggle with that and um but a lot of a lot of my family's you know quit drinking and, and they're living a more healthy life and and it's awesome. I'm really excited for that. Um, yeah, so growing up without a father, not there all the time was 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 really difficult and um, so my mom, you know she was she had to play the role of of mother and father and with that being said, like there are certain roles um, that it's beautiful when a when a when a mother has to step up and, and be a father. I mean, that's 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 beautiful. That's awesome. Women <laughs> they give life and they have and sometimes they they take roles. They're so versatile and it's beautiful. Like I, I mentioned in the first episode, like you know, in our cultures and in indigenous cultures, we like we we honor our women and they're very sacred to us and as rightly so. And so my mom, you know, took up both roles and she did her best, the best she could. But sometimes, you know, um, those roles can't be fully filled because certain things that dads need to do to step in. Um, and you know, there's a lot of things in my life where I wish I had a father to teach me and show me things, and I had to learn by myself. It was really hard, you know. And me and my brothers um, had a we had to um, we had to grow up fast, especially being um, living in very poor conditions. Um, we lived. What is it like in, in our tra- We lived in this trailer one time. We, for a long time actually when we were younger and we had like no doorknob there was like a hole and people would look through the hole and we had like our roof was caving in like it was a trailer and there was like no skirting outside it was just like straight up you could see the bricks you know and um we lived in a gang infested neighborhood where there was just gang activity like my cousins were gangsters and um you know in like in like poor neighborhoods and societies and 
like we like you know gangs are the next best best thing when we don't have a family um a family unit that's healthy so we turn to gangs and alcohol and drugs and stuff so i was around that you know i didn't become a gangster i wanted to be a gangster when i was a kid you know i wanted to be a north daniel um and you know i was grateful grateful that i didn't get fully immersed in it but it was around it was the culture it was like everything you know like my cousins were completely and utterly in it and i thought it was cool but i also liked you know I also liked like skateboarding and I liked uh, like kind of like classic nineties hip hop. I was into like Tribe Called Quest. I was into um, like Mob Deep. I was into like, I was just into like, like hip hop. And um, some of the hip hop that my cousins and I listened to were like more gangster hip hop. And I did listen to that too, like Easy E and Sally Cell and all stuff. So, but, you know, I was into skateboarding and I was into art and um, my mom also brought us into church. And so that like really kind of blocked a lot of the, a lot of the involvement in gangs. She kind of, kind of put a little kibosh on that. And, but yeah, so we grew up, I grew up in this like kind of crazy where like there were drugs around and there were, you know, a lot of people doing some crazy stuff, but me and my brothers kind of were weirdly shielded from that. And, but we had homies that would do crazy things and be into stuff. And um, so we weren't completely oblivious to it. It was just kind of like, yeah, that's what they do. And we're going to just do what we do. And um, so, yeah, I come from that environment. Come, I know what it is like to be poor. I know what it is to to have my have your parents looking over at your parents and them just stressing out, looking at bills and figuring out how they're going to make it day to day. Like there was times, like I mean, we had like a lot of people live in in our house. Like it was insane. Like my cousins in brown families, you're. Your third cousins are like your first cousins. Your fifth cousins are like your first cousins, like, and they live with you sometimes. And so we had a small trailer where I had two rooms, one on one end and the other on the other end. And basically there was like maybe like 12 people living, like people sleeping on the floor on the couch. They had bunk beds and it'd be like three people on each bunk bed. Um, then we would have um, times where we were just trying to feed my mom trying to feed all these people so we would go fishing and straight up like catch trout walleye and whatever and we would have fish fries and it's, it was a cheap way to to get food you know and um if my voice is shaky by the way it's because i'm in my third bedroom that barely has any heat and it's freaking cold as hell in here but um yeah to go proceed with the story So yeah, it's just growing up in poverty is nothing new to me. Like it was, it was just something that I was normal to me. And um, I think that it really helped me in a lot of ways to kind of see um, life in a different view and, and it had um, 
some positive effects, but also it had some negative effects um, where it would affect the way that I thought about myself. It had it affected the way that I um, my identity, what I thought I, I deserved and what I didn't deserve and um, what I was capable and what I was not capable of kind of put a lot of kind of roadblocks um, going like, hey, man, let me dream small. And at least it's a little bit better than where I came from. And it recently just started realizing like I want to do like more things than I think that I'm capable of doing at this moment, you know. Um, to have bigger dreams and my wife has helped me with that to like say hey man like today like we were driving and we like we live in a house we bought a house and i'm grateful it's just not that big because we didn't expect to have four kids so when we bought it we had two kids and we we're like oh it's perfect it's a three-bedroom house you know um our room and then the two kids can have their own room but then we had two extra kids and um we have one bathroom <laughs> it's very challenging and um you know, my wife doesn't work, and I provide. I'm the breadwinner for the family, and um, and what I do, it's you know people can get decently paid, but I'm in education, so it doesn't. It's not the greatest pay, but having getting a bigger house has always been in the back of our mind. Just a, not a huge house, but something a little bit bigger, so we can you know have a little bit more room and more space. And um, we were driving around today, and. I was like, oh, that, that house is pretty cool. And it wasn't that big or anything. It's just a little bit bigger than ours. And my wife's like, well, that's it is cool. But, like, like don't you want to have, like, a little bit of land? And don't you want to, like, maybe have, like, a, enough room? Maybe, like, we can have, like, a horse or, like, maybe some sheep or something. Because that's, like, our thing where we, like, want to, like, kind of live on a on a farm and have chickens and stuff like that. But And she was like, y you don't have to limit your dreams and um i think that a part of the reason why i do limit myself is because i grew up in poverty and thinking that like you know just settling and that's just like a negative thing i think it it's done but at the same time i think positive about growing up in poverty was the fact that like I just know how to survive <laughs> and I have some street smarts and um, when times do get rough and like, I don't trip out too, too bad. And um, cause I've been there and, but I mean, you know, I grew up poor, but we were always blessed. I've never went starving, but there was times where we're like, Oh man, like, what are we going to do? And something will pop up. Um, I always feel like creator was always gracious enough to kind of, look over us and provide when we needed it but yeah um i'm blessed now because i'm a father now and um i've learned a lot of things that i don't want to do raising my kids and there's stuff that i do that i don't want to do and um I'm learning on those things and I'm healing and I'm, I'm learning how to be a better father and to be a better husband. And, and I just didn't have a lot of, um, I'm not trying to make this a pity party about myself and make myself like feel, Hey, um, I don't have a dad. 
And I never learned how to actually have like, you know, what a relationship was and how it was supposed to go. And I'm just saying that I had a lot of challenges and I'm, and I'm, I, I, I'm learning how to navigate through those challenges as an adult and, um, and being aware of those. That's actually something that's really, um, very important for me to, um, now in my life, there's a big theme in my life where I'm like learning, gaining identity, gaining, um, getting a sense of self and loving myself and loving my flaws or, or even trying to um, accept them. And while I'm doing that, it's, it's helping me all around in my being a father, being a husband, uh, being a, a human being. I just want to be balanced, you know, and, you know, I think that the way we grow up definitely um, guides us into, into, uh, into that. Um, I kind of don't know what else to say, but um, yeah, it's a little bit about me, you know, Um, I guess uh, some really I guess some other stuff is like I'm a hip hop head. Like I love hip hop music. Like I, I grew up on Beat Street, Rakim, Wu Tang. Wu Tang is like a huge thing in my life when I was a kid. Um, I like everything from 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 like early '90s hip hop, even like Run DMC, but like um, more like that golden era hip hop to like to like Lil Wayne, <laughs> you know, I, I dig the new stuff. I got, I like Drake songs. I like, um, I like anything that's unique. Um, you know, there's some like amazing hip hop out there that, um, are from Minnesota and like underground stuff. I like mainstream stuff, like straight up, if it's dope, then it's dope. And if it's, you know, I listen to it if it's dope and, um, that's a big thing in my life. Um, I'm going to take a quick break because this recording is about to stop and I'll, I'll pick it up in a second. Hey guys, before we continue, I wanted to um, let you guys know that um, about this app called Anchor. It's a um, pretty dope little application that you can download and it's free. And that's what I'm recording this podcast on. It's um, basically, you can do a podcast. <laughs> Anybody can. Turns out I can. So yeah, it's called Anchor, um, and you, it makes it so easy and seamlessly to put a podcast out, and it uploads it not to just like Spotify, but it uploads it to all the other type of platforms that podcasts um, are on. You know, so yeah, I just wanted to give them a shout out because I think it's really cool that um, this is available. So um, it's Anchor. Uh, just kind of Google it um, and start a podcast peaks all right i'm back guys um sorry this recording app um anchor is like very it's like limited to like 30 minutes i didn't think i was gonna do 30 minutes but i guess i i am gonna do 30 minutes um sometimes i talk guys and uh, I don't know when to stop rambling, but so yeah, I was talking about hip hop, like, you know, um, so yeah, I'm into a bunch of hip hop, but I'm also into like Bjork. 
I'm into like punk rock music. I'm into like like 80s music. I got my son into 80s music that my son, my oldest son, like straight up, he listens to 80s music. Like when he's in the shower, he'll have his like echo on and basically be listening to uh, like Tears for Fears is one of his favorite songs. Um, uh, Everyone wants to rule. Everybody wants to rule the world is one of his favorite songs. And then he listens to like Talking Heads. And then I got him into like punk music. Um, I got him to some uh, group called Idols. They're like kind of this uh, post-punk type of stuff. But like, I feel like I'm an eclectic person. I listen to everything. Uh, Like literally like, and then I'll still listen to powwow music. Um, some Spanish music. I like, I like some reggaeton music, um, into like beats and, um, like kind of like Sango and, and like, um, uh, I don't name a specific artist, but yeah, I pride myself in the music. It's a big thing in my life. I used to actually make music. I used to be a rapper at one time. Um, I went by the name of Ape Nine. And then later on, I went into, uh, this, James Vega. My name is James Chavez, but I go by James Vega because there's this little uh, Vega because um, there's this little place where my this little where my family, what village are from um, in San Luis, Colorado, is basically this thing. This it's it's like a little river called called we call it the Vega, and so it kind of like paying homage to that. But yeah, I used to tour. Um, I have music i press cds and stuff so that was kind of cool for a while um but i kind of stopped because um i don't know i just felt like uh there was an oversaturation of rappers at the time and uh, i thought i was pretty decent and um i got to do some like really dope music with people that i really respect in hip-hop and that are kind of kind of popping and um so yeah but i just all the shows and all the uh, a little bit of the tours that i would do like kind of take a lot of time away from my family i had a young family at the time so that was actually really hard to uh keep doing and the recording process took a long time and stuff but you know i still freestyle in my car for fun and i still can like you know write some bars down and and battle people (laughs) but yeah um yeah i'm into that um i'm into you know, I'm 38 and I'm still into like shoes, you know, I'm a sneakerhead and, um, and I'm into cooking. Um, and yeah, I'm just kind of, you know, it's a normal dude, but I, I'm really into my culture, like indigenous culture, because to me, it like really gave me a um, huge it gave me a huge push to kind of find who I am. It really did. Um, kind of rediscovering my indigenous culture and really having appreciation for appreciation for it and, and really diving deep into the teachings and trying to learn my languages. Um, it brought me to a, to this, to this place where I started kind of, discovering who I was and what and who what was taken from me as indigenous people we had to be assimilated in a lot of situations like my family got assimilated by the Spanish and then later by the United States and with that assimilation they try to piece take pieces of who you are 
what what your beliefs are and how you should look, how you should talk, our language, our our, our teachings, our religion, our thoughts, the way we think about things, the way we look at ourselves, the way we all that stuff was taken away from us. And me rediscovering it really gave me this sense of identity, not not that my identity is being indigenous completely, is it being who being comfortable who I am. It gave me a path that was positive. It gave me a path to um, as I learn these teachings and I learn my ways, our ways, and I'm it has given me balance a lot in certain things in my life um, at times. It's something that I can fall back on and, and look at and and really allow it to center myself, to center me, to to um, have values. Um, I, I once heard somebody say, where there's no culture, there's no values. I mean, I don't know if that's 100% true, but I've seen that. I've seen people where they don't have a self-identity of any type of – when they don't have – something to teach them culture or a some type of relationship in the background sometimes the values are not there and sometimes they're not the greatest and as i have learned about my culture it has given me these a new set of values and sometimes has allowed uh, values that i've learned a long time ago and that i've abandoned to come back to those values Especially with being a father, and being a husband, and being um, a friend, that has given me something to to really um, to hold, and um, given me some a, a sense of uh, healthy pride. Um, my father, he he's really you know he he's into our culture as well, and he um, I think it helped him in his life because you know um, we're all lost at times, and I think him going back to our roots, our culture, um, indigenous culture, and has helped him in a lot of ways as well, and it says in a lot of our teachings that um, that. If we go back to our ways, it will heal us, and it's good medicine to learn about who we are and where we come from, um, no matter what culture you're from. Um, kind of just going back and seeing the beauty in it, it kind of centers you. And um, yeah, that's what it it's, it's done for me, um, and it's it's helped me in a lot of ways. Um, there's a lot of healing that I still need to go through. We have generational trauma as indigenous people and um it's a lot to reel from and but there's positivity and there's hope as I look back and go back to the teachings and go back to the ways and, and learning and just being a student and being humble about it. Um and my kids are like teaching my kids our ways and teaching them the little words that I've learned 
like I, like right now I can like kind of ask my kids if they're hungry in our language and they can respond back to me if they're hungry or if they're not hungry. And to me that like makes my heart happy. And um, it's just like, I can feel like our ancestors and a creator looking at it's a little glimmer of a smile and, and, um, and people across the world doing that. We're like rediscovering ourselves. We're really taking hold of what was taken from us and reclaiming that in every aspect of our life, not just, not just culture, but like in our family, in the way we treat each other, the way we think about each other, the way we think about ourselves, the way we see ourselves. That's the one thing that's really important that we need to understand is like we see ourselves um, in a healthy light. Um, the world and, and society and the dominant society has made us feel like, you know, bad about ourselves sometimes. Um, and I don't think the, they, not they, but the dominant society and, and, and through assimilation and through um, colonialism, colonialism has, they don't think they don't think it's understood how much it has affected and has taken away and has damaged people. Um, even uh, slavery, you know, Africans, like there's a lot of healing that needs to happen. And, um, I'm not expecting, you know, an apology or anything, but I am, I am taking a step and we are taking a step to reclaiming that, our identity, our beliefs and our thoughts and the way we see ourselves and seeing and making it positive. Um, we're not drunks. We're not uh, hopeless and poor and, and needy and, well, no, we're so much more. We're we're strong. We're warriors. You know, um, you can be a warrior in every aspect. I've learned from my culture that you can be a warrior in being a father, being a friend, being a provider, being um, a help to a stranger, um, prayer, and um, just every every aspect. You can be a warrior, and I really take that seriously. Um, I'm learning this warrior mentality of not in violence, but in peace and in, 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 in balance. That's the kind of warrior I'm, I'm talking about. Also, there's times when we need to stand up physically and defend our lands and our um, ways of life because they are under threat. Um, our families are under threat and our, you know, if we lose our, our ways, we lose our language, we lose our, 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 our lands. Like I mean, we already lost the majority of our lands, but the, the small lands that were given to us as, um, if we lose those, we're losing a piece of ourselves and, and, and our, and our children are losing a lot. And there's times we need to stand up, you know, like uh, uh, the Dakota Access Pipeline, those brave warriors out there. Shout out to all those people, all those defenders out there. I love you guys, and I respect everything that you guys do. It means so much to us. And, um, yeah, basically, 
I want to live in a world where I'd be able to to um, to show my children to be able to take them back to the homelands and to um, live in peace with everybody, you know, and live in balance. And, um, you know, I know it's not a perfect world and maybe it won't ever be perfect like that, but um, we fight in every way in a in prayer and peaceful way to retain um, these ways of our lives. And so that I just think it's really important for um, somebody to, uh, to have an indigenous um, father type of function going on that, that encourages fathers to, to really um, indigenous fathers to stand up and know that they're warriors of love and for their families, for their children and, to keep moving forward and be encouraged and to go on that red path of, of peace with bravery. And, um, it's hard. It's going to be hard at times. Life is not easy. And I'm like, you know, I, I say the stuff like, Oh, peace, love balance and stuff. But I mean, in real life, man, things are hard. Sometimes it's not peace, love and, and balance. Sometimes it's unbalanced. It's violence, it's hate. But as a warrior, a creator, I think as a, a warrior of love, like you gotta just push through and keep going forward in that mindset, no matter what, no matter the cost. If you are if your focus is love and your focus is, is your family and, and being a better person, keep doing it. I encourage you. Don't stop. Um, but yeah, I think, um, there's some dope fathers out there that are, um, of all cultures and, and I'm, I'm proud to be a father as well and to be with you guys and stand with you guys. And, um, Yeah, I'm still rambling. I'm rambling, but uh, so I'm gonna sign off. And um, I appreciate you uh, to the people that uh, reached out and said they they listened to the first episode. I really appreciate that. It really uh, means a lot to me. Um, again, I'm not doing this for any type of clout or anything. I'm literally just doing this to kind of get some thoughts off my shoulders and my mind and off my spirit and be able to, uh, maybe, maybe something will strike a chord with somebody. I don't care, man. I don't care if anybody listens to this. I just literally had an idea and people came up to me and be like, Hey, you should do a podcast. And my wife even said that randomly. And, um, so I'm doing it, man. Like, like I'm at that point in my life where I'm like, Oh, I want to do this. I want to do that. And I would never do it. And now I'm like, you know what, dude, I want to do that and I'm going to do it. And even if I don't really know how to do it, and even if I, like I said, like, you know, in the first podcast, I, I have a lot of insecurities about the way I talk and, and, and how I sound and all that stuff. I don't even care, man. Like I'm going to keep doing it. And, um, I appreciate you guys. And again, I'm praying for everybody through all this hard time. And I just want to let you guys know that, um, if, uh, like, 
you know, hit me up if you want prayer. Like I really am trying to be a prayer warrior. I am trying to pray for everybody, not just our people and not just um, humanity, but for everything. I think it's important. Prayers are very important. And um, I just want you guys to know that you can reach out to me if you guys want to talk, if you guys want to talk uh, about whatever. It can be about fatherhood. It can be about um, what's going on. It can be about hip-hop, rock. It could be about sneakers. It could be about whatever, man. Like, hit me up. Um, you know, I'm a sociable person, approachable person, and I just want to let you guys know that um, you are loved, and um, if nobody told, told you, you're a great father. You are um, a blessing to your family and to the world. You guys have a great time, um, great night. Blessings and love and balance. Peace.